Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Just a few minutes, you'll hear a quick conversation I had with Kay Adams on Radio Row on Friday. Just a quick couple minutes with her. She's always great to catch up with, so it's a lot of fun to be able to talk to her. So you'll hear that in a few minutes, but we threw it out there. Can the Raiders do enough this offseason to build the team that can compete with the Chiefs and the rest of the really good teams in the AFC? And that's crazy. It's one offseason after swearing up and down that they could compete with the teams in the AFC West and the AFC, you know, thinking that, hey, they had an opportunity to just like the Chargers and the Broncos to knock the Chiefs off that that top spot in the AFC West. And then, well, lo and behold, some things don't change and, you know, some things stay the same. And now you've got the Chiefs winners of Super Bowls two years out of the last four. Patrick Mahomes the last five years as a starter. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. Two-time league MVP. Uh, what else does he have? Five-time Pro Bowler and two-time All-Pro. First-team All-Pro. Not bad. Not bad as a five-year starter. It's a pretty nice, good resume he's got going there. So what do the Raiders have to do? You know, they have a lot of work this offseason. Robin Oakland always provides some heat, man. He hit us with a really good text on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r I'm disheartened after yesterday. If Kansas City had lost, there would have been some solace, but they're going to be a really good team for at least 10 more years. Tom Landry supposedly created the 4-3 defense in response to Jim Brown. Al drafted Gene Upshaw to block Buck Buchanan. Bill Walsh created an offense that changed the NFL. Pete Carroll modified the cover one, cover three defense and created the Legion of Boom. Mahomes and Reed, as well as Herbert and Hurts, Jalen and Burrow, need that kind of attention. We can't flip this in one offseason. We need players that we need players just as much as next level coaching and strategy to neutralize these special quarterbacks in high powered offenses. That's Rob in Oakland. That's fantastic stuff, Rob. Thanks for the breakdown on that. And that's the point of the question, right? Do you think that they have what it takes to get it done? this offseason so they can be competitive. And if not, how does that change the strategy of what Dave Ziegler and company do in that front office? And I'm sure they already know. They know the answer to this question. I don't. I'm throwing it out there, but they already know. So if they go in and say, hey, this can't be fixed in, in one offseason, then okay, so how does the approach to this offseason change? Right? So that's, that's a question that we'll know the answer sooner rather than later based off what they do. If they go out and make a move for Aaron Rodgers, they obviously believe that this team could be very competitive this next season. If they don't make a move for a veteran like Aaron Rodgers, then they're saying, okay, uh, we believe that we can get a young cat in here and can build it up. Or maybe they go middle of the road and go with Jimmy G, which I'm 100% against. <laughs> I'm 100% against because, again, that dude is, is a guy that you know is going to get injured at some point. And I hate to say that. You know, I'm not trying to wish that on anything, but history, you know, history just proves, it, proves my point that that's what he is. He's an injury-prone quarterback, and that's unfortunate. Let's go out to L.A. Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, you guys are a wealth of information. Uh, my question was, I think that, well, the question is, uh, I know that we're trading away car. Well, not trading away car, but we're releasing car. We're not getting anything back in return. Uh, are the Raiders looking at comp- compensatory picks for releasing card and having him sign with another team? And uh, I think that uh, McDaniels and Ziegler would do a fine job, and I think they're going to repair. They're going to repair the Raiders. All right. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And no, there's no compensatory picks coming because they gave him a contract extension and then they're releasing him. Now, if they had just let the contract play out 
and he walked in free agency and signed with another team, then they would get a compensatory pick. But since they gave him that contract extension and now they're releasing him, no, there will be no compensatory pick in return. So there you go. There's that. Uh, no co- compensation whatsoever for Derek Carr. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Uh, you know, this, this is a really good question. You know, I'm, it's something I've been thinking about for a while now, a couple months, because if we listen to, uh, you know, Dave Ziegler and what he said, essentially he's talking about trying to win now but building for long-term success. But I, I almost think that that's, like, contradictive to each other, right? Um, either we got to go all in now, the Super Bowl in Vegas, or we got to rebuild and build for the future. You know, I don't think you can really do both uh, at the same time, okay. you know? So, like, so, so my question is, like, to you, not, not to throw you a curveball, but it's like, look, if, if we weren't Raider fans and we just look at the Super Bowl in Vegas next year, what NFL team or teams in the Super Bowl would be the best future success for, like, economic growth in Las Vegas? My opinion would be the Raiders, obviously, uh, for obvious reasons, because Raider fans, you know, are a lot closer, and, you know, that's going to help build the Raider market. So if I look at it just from an economic standpoint, I think we got to go all in, dude. I, I really okay. do. We got to get Aaron Rodgers, and we got to leverage all those contracts, push them back, and we got we got to go all in. We're at the poker table, World Series of Poker, ten million bucks on the line. Me and you are heads up. You got pocket aces. I got pocket kings. Let's go all in. Best man wins. All right, I like it. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I think I mean economic reasons we could put in there, but I think just for franchise reasons, right? And being in in Vegas, the Super Bowl being there, Super Bowl 58 being here in Vegas, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I could see them going all in. But, you know, again, it, it, it's do they have enough? Is there enough that they can they could put together? Can they can they go get a Rodgers like you mentioned? Can they get enough players on defense to make the team solid? Can they bring back Josh Jacobs to really make that run? That's the question. You know, if you go all in, that's basically what you got to do. That's going to be a lot of money and a lot of draft, but if you do it right, I mean, you could do it. Right, and you could just not worry about the future, as you mentioned. You could just go, "Hey, we're doing one or the other. Can't do both at the same time." I'm okay with that, you know. But if you feel like they can get it done in one off season, you know, I just I look at those Chiefs, and, and, and you know, I don't want to be a prisoner of one game because it is one game, and and I know that the Raiders played in a lot of one score games that gone the other way. They are a playoff team as opposed to a six win team. But man, it just seems like as long as they got 15 behind center or somewhere on the field, they have a chance, right? And they they're so damn creative when it comes to their playbook. Uh, I saw some plays from the, the Chiefs on Sunday that I was like, okay, okay, I see you, right? I mean, just out there making some really, really good plays, and it didn't matter who it was. It seemed like they always schemed a way to get a guy wide open. I mean, two touchdown passes that were thrown by Patrick Mahomes, me and DeMond could have thrown because the guys were that wide open, right? I mean, and that's just a product of really good play design, really good route running. That's what it is. Clark in D.C., you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what up, too? Uh, you kind of stole my thunder there. I mean, that little short motion beat him in the end zone twice on Bradbury and Slay. Like, mm-hmm. That's unreal. It can't be that easy. Uh, but hey, listen, to your question, I'm an optimistic person, uh, but I don't see so, so bright a future for the Raiders. I think uh, the Eagles lost because they got outcoached. They had maybe the better players. And, uh, yeah, that Reed-Mahomes tandem is going to be trouble for us for a while. We don't even have a QB. And, yeah, we haven't shown anything. I mean, what did we scheme up this year that was so great? I didn't see too much. Right. No, it was nothing, it was nothing fancy, and I'd love to get some. Thank, thank you for that call, Clark. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I didn't see anything that was that 
wow, that was such a great play call, or man, that was such a great design. You know, I mean, we saw a little trickiness here and there. We saw the flea flicker multiple times. We saw, you know, going for it on fourth down sometimes, going for a two-point conversion. Saw some stuff that that looked a little bit more creative, but I really want to see that creativity. Like, I don't want to, you know, one of the one of the the sins in the Bible is be jealous of what the next man has. But I'll tell you right now, man, I look over at the at the Chiefs. And I'm like, man, I sure am jealous of some of those play calls that they have, right? Because, they're, I mean, they're just that stinking good, right? I mean, it just seems like no matter what, like, everyone got offended by that that merry-go-round or that, you know, that rover come over, whatever that thing was that they did <laughs> at Allegiant Stadium, you know, the little yeah. whatever, whatever you call Everybody it. Everybody running around in the yeah, circle. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Like, that's a damn good play. Like, that made everyone wonder what the hell is going on. Those cats went around in a circle, and all of a sudden when they came out of that circle, they're lined up in all kinds of different positions, and defense is like, whoa, what magic trick just happened? I want to see magic tricks, right? (laughs) Right? I want to go to the circus. I don't want to hear about it because DeMond told me, oh, by the way, the circus is great. No, I want to go and witness it. I want to see some of that creativity. I don't know if the creativity wasn't there this year because the player personnel wasn't there. And it was like, oh, we're not going to open up this bag. I'd like to see the bag open. Do you have the guys to open the bag? I want to see the bag open. Like, Devontae Adams had a hell of a season. I want to see the bag open when, when the Raiders are in the red zone. You know damn well Devontae is going to get a couple targets. And it's up to you to stop him. Because he's that damn good in the, in the, in the red zone. Like, Fabian wears me out with that minus four thing. Like, I want to I just jump off a minus four bridge, right? Because I see it all the damn time. <laughs> but to his point... That, those, those points that are left on the field will come back and bite you. I want to see a little bit more creativity. And then we don't have to see Fabian tweet with the minus four, right? He can, he can retire that meme. I'm, I'm so I'm, – I'm I'm, I get it, though. You know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things that you hear it so much, like you don't want to hear it anymore, but you know it's true. I want him to be able to retire that damn thing. Open the bag. Raider Fish and Berkeley, you're up next, my man. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And the tip of my cap to DeMond, dealing with my raggly, and that's with two G's and the L-Y. I have an old raggly phone, and it kept dropping the call. Thank you, uh, DeMond. Hey, hell effing yeah, we can do it now. Hey, let me tell you, hey, I'm all about the psychology, and sometimes you're only as good as what motivates you. See, there's some cats, oh, I'm going to go buy a car. Some cats, I'm going to be a property owner. Some dudes, I want to own my own business. Well, damn it, there's some people that want to do all three. And having the Chiefs in our division, see, a lot of teams, oh, we got to beat, if we didn't make the division, we didn't win the division, our goal is to beat the division winner. Well, damn it, we got the best team in football the past five years in our division. So when we do, we know we could be one of the best. So I'm all about that motivation right now. I'm not even going to talk draft and all the stuff. Because when you motivated to beat the best, you're going to put more sauce on your meat. You're going to put more thought to it. So I think we got enough. And we better have enough. Because I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of being the four-string uh, team in our division. Hey, show up, show out, and holler, just win, baby, when you go out. Later. <laughs> Raider Fisher Berkeley right there. Got enough sauce on his meat right there. That's what he's talking about. Put that extra sauce on your meat. I'm okay with that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Ken – can they do enough to be able to do what we're talking about? Compete with the Chiefs, compete with the Bills, compete with the Bengals, compete with the Ravens, compete with the Dolphins, compete with the Chargers, the Broncos, I'm expected to be better. They might not be better right away, but Sean Payton ain't no joke. He's going to figure things out. They're, they're going to be a lot better team. The AFC is a dog. I mean, just you look up and down the AFC and you realize how many really good teams. Pittsburgh's not going to be down for long. 
They're working in a new quarterback, but they're going to find a way to get good again. Anyone think that they won't is probably crazy. Pittsburgh is the consistency. They, they've been consistent for I don't know how long. They'll be good again. So the Raiders have to find a way to turn things around. And this offseason, we said it all week long on Radio Row, is a huge offseason for the Silver and Black. Speaking of Radio Row, we'll get back to some of your calls and texts, but let's go back out to Radio Row. Our final soundbite that we have, Kay Adams from the Up and Adams show. She used to be on Good Morning Football, does a fantastic job. She's had me on her show. Now, well, we had her on our show, and this is on Friday. Nobody got to hear the conversation, though. We ran out of time. So here's a quick couple minutes with Kay Adams. Here on Radio Row, and you never know who you're going to run into, but someone that I had to run into is Kay Adams, uh, Up and Adams Show. How are you doing? I'm good. You have the best voice. Oh, thank I you. I randomly turned on your podcast. I don't even know why. I was listening to it. I was listening to all kinds of podcasts, and I go, oh, I like these vocal stylings. I'm going to keep listening to this. How are you? I am fantastic, and I appreciate it. you having me on your show earlier this year. Up and Adams talk a little bit of Raiders, and you know, I, I did want to ask you about the Raiders. What do you think they're going to do? I mean, you asked me about the Raiders in the situation. What do you think they're going to do with their quarterback I situation? I don't have any idea. Everyone wants to say Aaron Rodgers. I don't think him and Devontae are like vying for each other. Really? I think it's like we're good. To, we're good. We're good. Right. We've moved on. Right. So I don't think th- I, that storyline I don't believe in. Do I think Aaron could end up there? Sure. I'm not even rolling out Brady. Everyone's Brady's not retired. Right. You think teams are going to stop calling Brady? Of course not. Cute, come on. You know they're going to keep on calling. What, 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 and if what? McDaniels calls, and that's the kind of coach he wants, a guy who's wired like him, a crazy person. Right. So uh, you got to tell me about your 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 shenanigans that you've been having. Uh, maybe oh tequila gosh. early in the morning. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I enjoy vitamin C, there you which go. is good for me, and orange juice every morning on my show. Uh, and then we've had so many fun guests. Super Bowl really feels like it's back. Yeah, yeah. You know, the past couple of years, we weren't really vibing like that. And this is the first Super Bowl I'm bringing my new show, Up and Adams, right. to Media Center. And it's gone really well. You know, lots of stars. We had George Kittle. We had CeeDee Lamb. We had Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, uh, all sorts of guys. So look forward to Aaron Rodgers coming on sometime soon. So Was that beer pong you guys were Or not beer pong, but... I know Tequila what Pong, was. whatever we want to call those it. Those young TikTokers, who knows? <laughs> I'm too old for all that riffraff. Well, I hope I'm a not, hard journalist. I hope you're not too old for uh, Vegas next year. You ready for Vegas? I can't even. Who's gonna Who's gonna do halftime in Vegas? It's got to be Jay. I, yeah, that's, that's first Super Bowl ever. There, got to be Jay. There you go. Or are you gonna do like? Are we gonna bring up Celine Dion, Britney Spears, Jay, everyone who has resident? What are we doing? We can do it all. Let's do it all. Let's you're do it all. Thank you, thank you, Kay. Thank you. I appreciate it. There she goes. Kay Adams, quick couple minutes with her on Radio Row. That was literally walking by. She was walking by our table going to her set, and she said, hey, I got a couple minutes for you. I was like, boom, done. It's, it's what it is. She said, I got a couple questions. Yeah, a couple <laughs> questions. But to her credit, she was going to walk all the way around to our table and actually sit down. I was like, no, we just do it right here. So I saved her a couple steps, which saved her a couple minutes, which allowed me to get a couple more questions in instead of just two questions, right? That's how you work that magic. Gizmo said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, I disagree, Q, at least a little. We fielded the leading rusher and the top three producing receiver. That's pretty magical. We just need to put it all together with an elite quarterback and a better defensive squad. We are close. And that's fine. I like that. But to my point, there was meat left on the bone. All the, I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, look, think about it. They had, what, five Pro Bowlers when it's all said and done? And I know the Pro Bowl is not everything, the end-all, be-all. But they had five Pro Bowlers. They had guys that were on the you know, AP All-Pro all, all team. I mean, they, they had guys individually that were able to do it. But there was meat left on the bone. Adams could have had over the 1,500 yards that he had. I mean, really, think about it. I know that sounds greedy, but it's not. Think about that Saints game. He was basically shut out. He had, what, one catch for four yards? There was games where he would go like a half and not get anything. So think if you could be that consistent team. That's, that's why I, I feel like 
the bag could be open as far as the playbook. It could be it could be more wide open. There, I mean, there, there's no cap to what you do. Yeah, Josh Jacobs ran for 1,600 plus yards. That's fantastic. But could you imagine if like Waller had been there and Renfro, the numbers might not have been better. But I think the offensive production could have been better. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the difference. Is what I'm talking about. It's not necessarily numbers wise. It's production. It's it's scoring touchdowns as opposed to field goals. It's you know sustaining drives. There's it's it's all that. It's all part of it. If the if the bag is open, look at Philadelphia for example. In the first half, they dominated the time of possession. Patrick Mahomes was on the field for eight minutes in the first half. Eight minutes. That's how you beat the Chiefs. Keep his ass on the sideline. That's all I was saying while we were watching the game. I'm like, this dude ain't even on the field. That's what you got to do. Time of possession, sustaining the ball, getting more first downs. I mean, yeah, all that is, is, is what goes into being that, that product that I'm talking about. So you're right as far as numbers go, but numbers don't always tell 100% of the story. Yeah, going on to Geese Mode's text there, something else that I want to add is that sometimes we think about the actual game on the field as if it's a video game where if they've got three great players that are all pros, you know, you mentioned five pro bowlers, that all they need are a couple of more pieces. But you mentioned being productive with who's on the field, where the pieces where Devontae Adams had great numbers. But yes, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, if they could have been out there, you know, maybe take away, maybe that Saints game doesn't go down the way that it happens if Waller and Renfro are both on the field healthy for that Saints game. Right. Where just if you have some more options. So for this team, I still like to Gizmo's point, thank you for believing in the team, but it's going to take more than just that, hey, that right guy here or that right piece there. I don't think that they're one or two big free agency pieces away from competing with the Chiefs. No, I think they have to have a complete team. I think that's the whole point of it. It's got to be a complete team. Got another text. Q, Hurts outplayed Mahomes and unfortunately also gifted them seven points, which could have been the difference. The Raiders are close. Their offense is as good as any. Fix the trenches is most important. And I am a big Jalen Hurts fan. I, I'll be the first to say it. I was hoping that the Raiders were going to draft him when he was available uh, going into the draft a few years ago. Uh, he did outplay him as far as numbers go and the way he was able to score touchdowns and, and use his arm to get touchdowns. But as you mentioned, he gifted that seven points. That's a turnover. You know what Patrick Mahomes didn't have? A turnover. So that's the difference. So it's not really I, – I, I can't say that, oh, well, he just flat out outplayed him because he also gave the Chiefs seven points. And that's something that, as he mentioned after the game, I'll learn from that. That's a learning experience. He didn't get too high. He didn't get too low. But he realized that, that was, that's on him. You know, and, and look, I pulled for Jalen Hurts. I wanted nothing more than Jalen Hurts to win that Super Bowl on Sunday. You know, just for no other reason because it's Jalen Hurts. And I've been pounding the table for this dude for, for the longest. I think he did a fantastic job. But one of, the, one of the bugs that used to haunt him in college was turnovers. And it was fumbles. If you go back and look, and believe me, I watched a lot of Jalen Hurts, both at Alabama and in Oklahoma. That was one of the big bugaboos. He fumbled the ball quite a bit. Just like we talk about Derek Carr getting strip sacked. I mean, look, you're not, no one's, no one's uh, void of criticism, right? I mean, if, if there's criticism to be had, it's criticism to be had. That was a, a, a bad play for Jalen Hurts and ultimately gave, gave the Chiefs those points. So the one thing Patrick Mahomes did not do on his way to being the MVP was turn the ball over and at one point put the team on his back and put him in position to win the game, which is what he did. Let's go out to Evan and Marietta. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, uh, appreciate the time. Love what you and DeMond do. You guys are a great dynamic, too. I hope you're there for 10 more years at least. And uh, I believe that Josh and uh, and Dave will form a dynamic duo because I have no other alternative to believe that they will. And uh, it's kind of a weak uh, take it is. Um, a couple of uh, main points. Uh, the previous caller talked about, you know, building for the future and winning now. It, you can't really do both ways. Um, like the Derek Carr contract. 
I mean, they gave him a one-year contract, three one-year contracts, which showed that they didn't really believe in him. They should have just let him play out his contract. They would have saved money for the salary cap, and they would have had a draft pick. That was a dumb decision, among a few other dumb decisions. Um, uh, the rest of our division, we got two quarterbacks with big contracts. Herbert's big contract coming up. We need to go young. We need to get draft a young quarterback and fi- uh, fix the uh, rest of our defense with draft choices. Bill like the 49ers. That's what we need to do. Love the Raiders. Love what you guys do. I hope they have a long-term plan. I don't think Aaron Rodgers. It's a short-term fix. We, While the rest of the division has big quarterbacks with big salaries, we need to go young, use that salary cap with a young, uh, young quarterback salary, and build the rest of our team, and we'll do something different. And when the Raiders, when all those big salaries come due, we're going to be sitting pretty. I appreciate what you do, and uh, thanks for the time, Q. Hey, great call, great call. Appreciate you, and that's that's a way to do it. You know, just go go with the young quarterback and, and build it up, as he mentioned, build it like the 49ers. And the one thing that the Raiders organization has going for them and that I like to look at the 49ers and say the same thing is that both uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels came in at the same time, similar to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. So with that being said, with that approach, if 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 they're given that opportunity – uh, and I don't, I'm not privy to that. I don't know if they're given that opportunity to have that long term. Because remember, if you go back to when John Lynch first started with Kyle Shanahan, they didn't have immediate success. They had a few bumps in the road that they hit where it was like, oh, John Lynch is a terrible GM. Oh, Kyle Shanahan, he's okay, coach. This and that and the other. Then all of a sudden they figured it out and got it together. So there may be a full few lulls before there's uh, some highs. But the, the way that they came in together, obviously they have a plan together. And, and, and they want to execute it at the same level. So that's that's something that I could compare to what they got going on in San Francisco. Let's take one more quick call. Let's go to uh, Paul in Temecula. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's up, Damon? What up, Doc? Me on. Hey, great coverage over there uh, covering the, the Super Bowl, by the way. Thank Appreciate you. Thank you all you do. Hey, really quick, man. I, you definitely go all in. You go all in, you get Aaron Rodgers. You get a, at, least, at least a two-year contract, maybe a – with the dirtier option, either a team option or, or a player option, um, you got to go all in. I think we have a the, the offense to definitely compete, and the defense is a work in progress. But this this whole notion that that you can't build for the future by getting Rodgers is like ludicrous. It's like it, you basically have the same plan in place. Um, you're just not having it with cars. So you get Rodgers for three years, hypothetically speaking. Um, the, the key to everything is draft and develop players. The demise of the Raiders has always been the draft process. They, were never to, they can never hit on the draft picks, and they can never develop the players. Or if they do develop the players, they, go, they leave in free agency. So I'm going to believe that you stick to the plan, which is you could win now and prep for the future. And what I mean by that is you roll with Rodgers, you draft and you develop well, and then you build for the future. The whole future is just our draft picks, and if we pick the right players at the right round and not overpick the players and you develop them, then we'll be in the same we'll – be, we'll be in a good spot. Look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs have, have a great quarterback, but why are they consistently good? It's because they know how to draft players and develop players in that Andy Reid scheme. So that's all I got. Hey, good stuff, good stuff. Appreciate the call, my man. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one way of looking at it. You know, try to win right now. Go with Rogers. The only problem with that that with Rogers as opposed to Carr is Carr was already with the team, 
So he's only under contract. To get Rodgers, you have to give up draft capital to go get him. Who knows what that could be? Some people think it's lower rounds. Uh, some people, like myself, think it's going to be at least one first. Probably more, right? And so then how much are you taking away from what your opportunity to build that team is to go get that veteran? I would love I'll, – I'll, let's put it out there. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers as the Raiders quarterback. I'd love to see him teamed up with Devontae Adams because I think they could be magical. But what cost? What does it take to get him? That's what concerns me because I know the team is not a finished product. If they were one Aaron Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl team hoisting up that Lombardi, hey, go all the way in. Like DJ Khaled said, all the way up, right? Do it. But I know that they have other issues in other areas that they have to address. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. He joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Vegas Pete hit us up on our don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R. He said, it was a tale of two halves yesterday. First half, Eagles. Second half, Chiefs. No pressure on Mahomes surprised me. Also, they kept saying that the field was slippery from painting the grass. It seemed to affect players. Let's hope the NFL doesn't make that mistake for our big game. And Carr's dead cap is only $5.6 million, So bye, Felicia. That's Vegas Pete on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Let's go out to the phone lines now and welcome in our good friend Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. And Jeff, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It was great to uh, meet up and link up with you in Phoenix, Arizona on Radio Row in the Media Center. Uh, how did you enjoy that experience down in Phoenix for the week and, and obviously capped off a of Super Bowl 57 Sunday? I'll tell you what, Q, it was a long week in Phoenix. But, man, <laughs> it was a fun week. You know? It was my first Super Bowl I covered. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I'll tell you what, though, it's weird just being in downtown Phoenix Monday. You, you wouldn't know, outside of, like, the, the banners on the buildings, you wouldn't know that there was a Super Bowl here. Like, this place is deserted now. I believe it. I have no doubt about it, and that's that's one of the complaints I had, and it's not really a complaint. I guess that's the wrong word, but it's so spread out there with the game being in Glendale, and we were all down in Phoenix, and it just it, it's just not – it's not that great, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be great next year here in Las Vegas. And I'm sure you heard the texter's uh, comment that he was surprised that Mahomes didn't have more pressure on him from a team that had 70 sacks in the regular season. How surprised were you that Philly wasn't able to get closer to Mahomes than they did? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Q, I said all week with, with this game, I thought the Chiefs were going to do a lot of quick passes. Uh, I mean, they, they had the most touchdowns to running back to tight end of the season for a reason. And because of that, was – it's the Andy Reid. It's a quick pass game. It's a screen game. He was using some misdirection early. And, I mean, Andy Reid called a clink in that second half. Let's just be real here. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to blame the turf, but I don't remember Patrick Mahomes having to hold the football for more than three seconds. It was get the ball out quick and let the team that led the league in the yards after catch make plays. And, that's what they did. That's why I don't think the Eagles were able to get any pressure on them. Yeah, and, you know, you talked about that uh, clinic that Andy Reid called in the second half, and it was absolutely that. I mean, they scored on every possession. What was it that they did? What what changes did you see that they did that, that made the Eagles so, I don't want to say discombobulated, but just weren't able to do what they normally do defensively? Well, I thought the Chiefs were able to move the ball on them in the first half. They just didn't have the ball enough. I, I, that was one thing I liked about the game, and, and I said this. I thought Nick Sirianni would be ready to go. One, because uh, – he's a really good game plan. And I thought the game plan was fine in the second half. It's just Eagles didn't have the ball long enough. And, you know, you couldn't have a, a drive where you went three and out. And they were able to do that. And that's how Kansas City was able to get back in the game. But, you know, the Eagles were up 24-14 at halftime. And, yeah, they were up 10. They dominated. But I'm like, okay, Jalen Hurts had the fumble return for a touchdown. And yeah. you're, starting to, you're starting to think about that. And it's like, hey, Kansas City has a chance to get back in this game and win. So I just think Andy Reid had more time to – devise a game plan, and, and really, Jonathan Gann never adjusted. It's He had a good first half, but 
he never adjusted to what Andy Reid was doing. Andy Reid ran circles around after that. He really did. You mentioned Jalen Hurts in that fumble, and and I, I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I was I was bummed for him that that happened, but I know you've talked to him. I know you've written about him. You've covered him. Uh, what will Jalen do? How will he recover from that moment in the Super Bowl, which obviously cost the team some points? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be fine in the long run. And you know, he did mention the fumble, and he said, "Look, you know, you try to do things you can't control." And, I think he wanted the opportunity to get that ball back, especially after the, the controversial uh, third down penalty on James Bradbury. I, I truly think Jalen Hurts would have gotten the ball back and gotten to at least a field goal there. I mean, that's just how he was building. I, I, I love the way Jalen responded after that fumble return for a touchdown. He drove the team right down the field. I mean, he's the first quarterback ever to have 300 passing yards, 70 rushing yards, and three touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns in the game. And right. It happens to be a Super Bowl, and he lost it. It, it, it. It's incredible how he played and how he handled the moment, but uh, you know, Jalen Hurts just said, hey, I, I've been here before, I've been down before, and that, I think it's going to motivate him to get back here and win it this time. Jeff Kerr is our guest from CBS Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. We all knew about that Eagles defense and the pressure that they create, but we saw that the Chiefs were able to take advantage of them down in the red zone with the um, jet sweep motion that led to those two touchdowns. Was red zone defense a problem for the Eagles leading up to this season, or was that just superior game planning by the Chiefs? Uh, they had a really good red zone defense throughout the year. I think they were top ten. I want to say they were eight for ninth. I gotta remember off the top of my head, but yeah, their red zone defense is fine all year. I mean, really, their Jonathan Gannon's defense is always kind of a bend but don't break style. I just think Andy Reid just like you said, the jet sweeps, it was a misdirection. It, it was just the, the the way they handled the huddle. It was getting rid of the ball quick. It, it, I, I mean, really, it was just a masterclass by Reid on, on Gannon. I think that's all it is. Like it, if it was a chess. If it was a chess match, checkmate was done early. And something that I asked Mike Gill when we were on Radio Row about this Eagles team, and I know it might seem a little too early, but the offseason started for everybody now. How do the Eagles bring back everyone on this defense? They don't. Uh, I don't think you're going to see James Bradbury back on this team. Um, unfortunately, I think he may be going with John Vigan in Arizona. Uh, T.J. Edwards is going to be a, a player that I'm curious to see if they bring back. Kaiser White, I don't think he's going to come back. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be a, a priority for that. They really do seem to like him. He really likes Philadelphia. Uh, there's going to be a couple other guys. I, I don't know if Miles Sanders is going to come back, uh, truthfully. And, you know, I, I like Miles Sanders a lot. I'm a Penn State guy, but I just don't know what the Eagles do. And I think Miles, if you ask him, he would want to come back. I just don't know if the Eagles want him back. They're big free agents there. I, I mean, they're definitely not going to keep anybody. everybody. It's going to be a much different team next year. And something else that I want to ask you, the coordinators, it seems like that, you know, the, the Sirianni tree is now the biggest, the newest tree that's being poached. <laughs> How do they replace those coordinators? So, Jonathan Gannon, uh, I, I think they're going to promote uh, Denard Wilson, their defensive backs coach. Uh, he, he always had the makings of being a defensive coordinator. I'm a big um, Denard Wilson guy. He's And, and again, uh, you know, the NFL keeps talking about hiring minority coaches, and Delar Wilson's going to get an opportunity here. I really, I really like him. Brian Johnson's another one. He's known Jalen Hurts since Jalen Hurts was four years old. And, you know, uh, Byron Johnson, his dad coached Byron Johnson. And, look, Brian Johnson's going to be really – he's going to be a really, really good coach. He's pretty much one of the architects behind that offense with Sykin. So, if he gets an opportunity to call plays, you're going to see him get promoted to offensive coordinator because if the Eagles don't do that it, and if Shane Sykin leaves and they promote uh, Kevin Petuo, who's Nick Sariani's guy – Brian Johnson's going to get an offensive coordinator job somewhere. So it's either going to be in Philadelphia or somewhere else. And I think Jalen will make sure he stays in Philadelphia.
Talking right now with Jeff Kerr here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As far as the quarterbacks in general across the NFL, and of course we're here in Vegas, so we're paying attention to the AFC, but in general, how much have you seen the quarterback position evolve and more guys that look like Jalen that's able to use their legs and their arm like a Josh Allen, you know, even a Burrow uses his legs, and, and Jalen Hurts, of course, and just guys that are more mobile. How much more of that is, is almost like needed now instead of just a, a luxury but more like a necessity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see with Justin Herbert, too. Before this year, Justin Herbert was running around a lot. Patrick Mahomes runs up more than people think. I I think he's even added that to his game mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah, it's you kind of need that dual threat quarterback with these spread offenses because you want to have an offense where there's multiple things you can do with RPOs, with you know, with motion. It, 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 it's incredible what you can do when you have a mobile quarterback instead of a pocket guy. and. When you just have a pocket guy now, I, I think you're limited. I think you want guys that can move around the field, that can extend the play for as long as they can, that can throw the ball outside the pocket on the run. I just think it completely changes the, the, the dynamic of an offense. And Jalen just seems to be that guy that he could do it all. He could run, he could throw, you know, he could read the blitz well, he could read a defense well, he can get rid of the ball quick. It's, I, I mean, you're going to see a lot more quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. That's why I'm so high on a guy like Bryce Young. I know everybody says the size. I'm like, I don't think size matters anymore. I think it's what you do with it. And the, uh, that's why I think, you know, a guy like Bryce Young, he's going to be really good in this league because he could do the same things Jalen can do. You know, and it's funny. I'm glad you brought up Bryce Young because obviously here in Vegas, Derek Carr's on his way out. The Raiders are going to be looking for a quarterback. I think it's the big three. I think it's, it's Young, it's Stroud, and maybe Will Levitz. But uh, really, Stroud and, and, and Bryce Young. Do you think that Bryce Young has the goods to be able to compete with a guy like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Joe Burrow, like a Josh Allen, like a Tua, you know, Lamar Jackson? Can he compete with those guys? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If I had to rank the three, and again, I, you know, I went to Penn State. I, I, I saw Will Levitz plenty of times in games up there. I think Will Levis is the most athletic of the three, but I think he's the most raw, too. So I mm-hmm. think he's got the highest upside. He's probably like the Josh Allen type, but Bryce Young's the guy to me. I, I think he's the guy that's, that's built for this, right? He's one that's built by Bama guys, and you, you've seen with Tua, you're seeing with Jalen Hurts, uh, probably not with Mac Jones, obviously, but, you know, two out three ain't bad, and Bryce Young could be three out four. I just think he's the most polished uh it's funny too. Like, like I like Ohio State. I, I like a lot of players that come out of there, but I still wouldn't touch an Ohio State quarterback with a ten foot pole. So maybe you can keep me away from from CJ Stroud. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I, I think it, it was too much JT Barrett in my life. It, he drove me to say I knew he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> Something else that I wanted to ask you. Now that the season's over, can we look back and say that the AJ Brown trade was the best? off-season move that was made by any team in the league? You know what? It jumped Sunday. I would have said Sam Reddick, and, uh, and, you know, Sam Reddick had seven pressures on Sunday. He didn't get a sack, but, yeah, man, A.J. Brown, uh, I felt bad for Jeff McDuffie. I thought he was in position. When A.J. Brown caught that touchdown, I was right in front of me. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, crap, McDuffie's right in that spot, right? And, you know, it's crazy that A.J. Brown was able to, to be him at the catch point and make that eat, but, yeah. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, it's going to be a dynamic duo for a long time. It really is, and I, and I like what Devontae Smith is doing as well. I mean, really, in Philly, in my opinion, there's two number one wide receivers because Devontae could easily be that guy, and he, to your credit, is not a very big guy either, but, man, he seems to, to play big all the time. Yeah, he said to me before the draft, um, I, I interviewed uh, Devontae Smith, I think it was like three days before the draft, and he said, look, I'm determined to prove that I'm not just some skinny guy that can catch, and I, I think he's proven that.
Yeah, no, he is. He's he's fantastic. He was actually the guy I thought was going to win the MVP. I thought somehow he was going to have a couple touchdowns or whatever, but he just seems like a guy that always finds a way to get open, and I hated that that, that one catch that he had down the sideline got called back. Uh, clearly, Jeff, we still, in 2023, don't know exactly what a catch is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? I still haven't figured out what a catch is. Yeah, <laughs> and the Eagles won a Super Bowl on a Zach Ertz, like catch that they thought was a catch, and I'm like, wait a minute, he has like three feet to... I don't think the NFL's ever going to figure out what a catch is. There, there are certain things I think the NFL will never figure out. One is a catch, and two, they're officiating. And, you know, Roger Goodell said it was the best ever, and yet we got a controversial call in the Super Bowl. Shocker. Right, exactly. What did you think of that uh, that holding penalty on Bradbury? I know it happened right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was right in front of me, Q, and I, I just said to myself, I'm like, I'm sorry, you just don't call that in that situation. you got to let those guys play. I, I know James Bradbury admitted it. He's not going to say it's not a penalty. And, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster said, you know, it's not going to say, well, you know. I mean, is it technically a penalty? Uh, I guess, but they weren't calling that all day, so why would you call it then? Right, exactly. Well, I, well that was the only holding penalty called all game, right? I think that was the only one, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty much, like, <laughs> I can't see it. Carl Jeffers and his crew, like, they have no idea what they're doing. Remember the one explanation they said, well, we don't allow that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, this, this is the Super Bowl. This is the best we got here. Right, exactly. Yeah, the best the best that they had out there wasn't really the best on Sunday. Well, Jeff, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, Derek Carr is going to be a free agent probably tomorrow. He'll get released sometime before that 4 p.m. Eastern uh, time. Uh, how big of a market do you think he'll have on the open market as a free agent? I think he's going to have a huge market. And, you know, I, I defended Derek Carr for years. I'm like, it's yep. not Derek Carr's fault he played with the worst defense. And, you know, pr- pretty much since he's been in the league. I mean, if you look at the stats in 2014, the Raiders are at the bottom of pretty much anything. So I, I think there's going to be a demand for Derek Carr. If I'm the Washington Commanders, I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm giving Derek Carr a call immediately. You just see if you can bring him in there. There you go. Good stuff right there. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Uh, I'll tell you what. So um, my one of my favorite articles of the week is coming out later this week. It's, I have to write five teams that are going to be on the rise in 2023. I do this every year. I And five teams – it's supposed to be five teams that are, that are going to fall. I say five teams that are going to really suck next year, and I, unfortunately, uh, I think the Las Vegas Raiders might be one of them. Oh, Jeff. Oh, there he goes. Dropping <laughs> dropping bombs. Now we're going to have to check it out and see uh, exactly how you break it down, but I know you'll break it down really well. Again, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Jeff, appreciate you, man. Again, it was great linking up with you on Radio Row. Uh, we'll have to do it again soon, my man. Uh, you're the man, Q. Uh, I'll always come on for you, bro. Appreciate you. There he goes. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Jeff Kerr, CBS, and that's Kerr, K-E-R-R, like Steve, CBS. There you go. So check him out on Twitter. And, man, that was a that was a hot take at the end right there, huh? Honesty, man. He's telling, he's telling you how he, he, said he feels. one team that, that might suck in, in 2023, and he thinks it could be the Raiders. So I'm hoping Jeff is wrong mm-hmm. on that because, again, as I say all the time, it is so much fun. To cover a winner. 345 is the time. We'll come back, get to some more of your texts and calls, and close out hour number two. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Got a tweet from RaidersBurner91. Q, respectfully to the caller who said we butchered the car situation. I wish they got a pick for car, but they also built a contract to give car a test drive for one year and get out of it for almost nothing. I call that a solid deal for Josh and Dave. Let's go get Stroud. That's from Raiders Burner 91. And that was the thing. You know, Derek was going into the last year of his deal. 2022 would have been the last year of his deal. And he was going to be a lame duck quarterback. And nobody wants to do that. He had no guaranteed money on it. So they gave him a extension in theory 
But we all knew and we all talked about it immediately after he signed it. Like, that's really a team-friendly deal that most quarterbacks would not have signed. Most quarterbacks would have been like, that's not a real extension. But he got that. He got the opportunity where they could try him out for a year. And on top of that, he could try them out for a year. Right? I mean, he could have easily gone to them and been like, hey, this ain't working. Or this is not for me or whatever. I mean, this it's really a filling-out period for both of them. They decided that they wanted to move on. They had the out to do it. The rest of the contracts that they wrote and gave those extensions to, uh, Devontae, Darren, Hunter, they all have outs in them as well. They can get out of them at a certain point and, and you know, feel pretty comfortable with, with dead money and all that and still be able to, you know, keep their salary cap intact. So there's, there's some strategy behind what they're doing. So it's not like they're just, you know, throwing stuff out there and hoping it sticks against the wall, right? They're, they're not just grasping for straws. I mean, they're, they're, they do have some strategy behind it. So, you know, they didn't, they decided that it wasn't, Working for him, didn't like the direction it was going and decided they wanted to go in another direction. I, you know, when he signed that contract extension, I swore up and down that he would definitely be here in 2023. I had no doubt. Well, shows what I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just the reality of it, you know? I mean, obviously, what I see and what you see and what Raider Nation sees is different than what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels saw. When they gave him that extension with that clause of three days after the Super Bowl, to me, that was the part where if this season goes bad, he's out of here. Mm-hmm. I think that so obviously it's that caveat because I thought they were going to be a playoff team or at least a playoff contender that hey he's not he's not gonna perform so badly that the team gets rid of him. But when that when the all of the details came out for that extension, it was like the if this goes bad, they're right. getting rid of him after year one. Right. No, there's there's definitely that. And I know that there was conversation about that. I just didn't think it was gonna go bad. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I didn't think it was gonna go bad. I thought with Devontae, it would take a little bit of time for them to, you know, get on the same page. Uh, but with the rest of the weapons, but of course you don't anticipate Darren Waller being injured. Mm-hmm. You don't anticipate Hunter Renfro being injured. You don't anticipate well the offensive line. We kind of uh, anticipated that being a little bit of a, you know a struggle. And to be honest, it wasn't as much of a struggle as we all thought it was going to be. Right? I still think it could be improved, but I think that they did better than most of us expected. I thought Chandler Jones was going to be better than he was. I thought you were going to get close to double digit sacks with him. You didn't, so that was a struggle. And I thought other guys on defense. I thought Nate Hobbs was going to be dominant on the outside. He didn't play hardly. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could say I pointed at and thought that that was going to be better than it was. I thought Deron Harmon was going to come up with a few more uh, turnovers, takeaways, than he did. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a couple, but I thought he was going to have a few more than that. Um, Trayvon Merrick, I thought he was going to take a step forward. He didn't. <laughs> I mean, right? There's, there's a lot of areas of the team that if they had actually gone in the direction that we thought, or at least I thought they were going to do, then they would have been a damn good team. It just didn't happen. I mean, Hunter was out for most of the season. Darren was out for most of the season. Josh did... You know, all the heavy lifting, him and Devontae, some games, it, you know, it, it looked good from the beginning, but there was never a, a, a game where it felt like there was, it looked great throughout the whole four quarters. It always looked like there was lulls, and, and, and sometimes there was halves when it just wasn't good. So, you know, I think that that, that Cardinals loss, that, that up 20 nothing at halftime, also for them to come back and win, that was really a kick in the stones. Yeah. That was an unexpected kick in the stones. And no, what, first of all, no one ever expects to get kicked in the stones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's never been a time where I'm like, yeah, guess what? Today at 3, I'm going to take a kick right in the stones. But you get it. You know, I mean, when, when that happens, it happens, and it, 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 it can floor you. It floors the best. And that, that game floored a lot of people. That game, that's when Jason Horowitz texted me and said, is this what it's like being part of Raider Nation? Because he had that high of, of them w- w- dominating 20 to nothing. Then all of a sudden losing that game, he's like, is this what it's like? And I said, exactly what it's like. The roller coaster. It's there. So that's what he knew. All right. Now I'm a Raider. <laughs> so he knew then that he was a Raider. Uh, let's see. 
Mailman Raider said on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We got Vinny Bonsignor coming up at the top of the hour. Talk all things, you know, Derek Carr and, and what's the next step? You know, once he's officially released, which will probably happen sometime tomorrow, once that happens, what's the next step? So that'll be Vinny Bonsignor at the top of the hour. Mailman Raider said, well, Q, if Jeff is right and we really do suck next year, when does the tank for Caleb chance start coming out? I mean, that's a that's a really good question because I don't – I. I don't think you could be that bad, right, to, to end up at the number one spot. I feel like they have enough just talent on paper to win more games and get that number one spot. I feel like to get Caleb Williams, you have to get that number one spot. And I do think he's going to be a damn good quarterback. I really do. I think Bryce Young could be a really good quarterback too. I just, I'm a little concerned. I'm a lot concerned, not going to lie, with his size. And to go get him, if the Raiders were going to go try to make a move for him, he would, and they'd have to do like Raider Max says all the time, trade up and go get number one. That's what it had to be. Yeah, and also for that the tank for Caleb, like you said, this team is too talented mm-hmm. to. Be, which you got to let's say you win two and games. You want to talk about a miserable year? Oh man, I don't even want to think about not Caleb. Even, not just for me, for Raider Nation. You know, I mean, man, my son's gonna be like, Dad, this this has been fun. This has been a fun ride. I've believed you all all these years, but man, I gotta go find me a new team. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At some point, uh, our our kids are gonna stop listening to what we've been selling. <laughs> also, to the uh, Mel Mel Raiders' point there, I don't think they'll be the tank for Caleb Chance because even though I think that they should go for defense, I think it's gonna be a quarterback at number seven. Think so? We don't know which one yet, but hey, if it was like, hey, put some money on it, I don't know who, but is it going to be a quarterback at number seven? I think it is. Well, if it's if it's a quarterback at number seven, in my opinion, it's either Will Levitz or Anthony Richardson. I don't think C.J. Stroud or or Bryce Young is there at number seven. I just don't. I think the teams are going to fall more in love with Levis, and then Stroud's going to drop at seven. Wow. I, yeah, I do think. I think, think so. Yeah, I think that. I think it was one mock draft. It was you know these are all super early mock drafts. Yeah. But it was the Colts are going to trade up to number one and make sure they can get Will Levis at one. Yeah. Do I see that happening? Maybe no. not at number one. No, I don't see that. But I do think that it's going to be Bryce Young. Levis, and then... I'm just not sold on Will. I'm sorry. I'm me either. I'm not but. sold on him. I know some are very high on Anthony Richardson because of his upside and his, you know, what he could bring to the table. And if, if you believe that and you let him sit to try to learn, then okay. But man, like we say all the time, you better get it right. I just I feel like that the, the, the two guys that you could really have some confidence in are Bryce Young and maybe C.J. Stroud. I like C.J. Stroud's size and his ability but just like Jeff Kerr said, he's an Ohio State quarterback, and I know that everyone is concerned about Ohio State quarterbacks. Hell, Justin Fields is on the on the field for Chicago, and people are talking about trading him. They're talking about Chicago trading him and and potentially just taking Bryce Young at number one. Like that's that's insane. I thought Justin Fields is a is a pretty good quarterback, but he's still got a lot of growth. He even got an MVP vote. Yeah, that's silly. There's no reason. For that. <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason why Justin Fields got an MVP vote. No reason. If that's the case, you could have got an MVP vote. Just for showing up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, he he he's a good player. I like what he brings to the table. He's pretty dynamic, but he there's no way. No way he should have got an MVP vote. Uh, one more text. Jim from Yonkers said, we have talent now. I don't feel McDaniels is a good in-game adjustment coach. The best team we had since the Super Bowl lost in, was 2016, and D.C. made the playoffs within his first three years. Great offensive line and two number one receivers in Crabtree and Cooper, plus Roberts and Holmes. Carr had MVP numbers. My point is better Team around quarterback, better play from quarterback. Then we fire Musgrave, who fires an offensive coordinator. Who fires an offensive coordinator after going twelve and four? Three and thirteen to seven and nine to twelve and four. We were building something. DC had dealt with more the most quarterbacks should have to. 
By getting rid of him, we need to find better without giving up much. I think we'll have a good draft. Tennessee quarterback or Stanford? Uh, the top guys don't always pan out. Thank you, Q and D. That's from Jim in Yonkers. And, I mean, that's true. I'm just focusing in on the top guys because I think that those are the ones with the most upside and maybe the guys that can start right away if they have to. But maybe you get a guy in the, in the later round. Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, he's coming off that torn ACL, so he'll be re- available in the later rounds. Um, I like DTR from UCLA, but he's definitely not a starter right away. He's definitely a guy that's sitting behind a veteran for, I would think, two or three years at least and try to build that up. Um, McKee is from Stanford. He, he looks like he's got a little something, some little, little, little something to him. You know, the, the quarterback out of Houston looks like he could have something. But that's, that's just the thing. Man. It's so hard to evaluate if a good college quarterback is going to be a good NFL quarterback. You just don't know. Thank you so much for those texts. We do appreciate you. You can keep those things coming at 69187, keyword R&R. And even if you have a question for our next guest, hit us up at don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Vinny Boston, York kicks off hour number three. We do it next on Radio Nation Radio 920.